0: To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss.
1: This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not contain or replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice.
0: Hello, Australia. Welcome to My Millennial Money. I'm Glenn James, and today we're talking about ethical investing. We're answering your questions. And there's no better way to leverage your show partner, Sunsuper, thanks Sunsuper for supporting the podcast, than to wrangle Stuart Wilson, who is the Head of Responsible Investment at Sunsuper. G'day Stuart, how are you? Good to be here. Thanks very much. Thanks for coming into the studio. We were going to Zoomaroo this, but we didn't have to because you're here. I live close by. You live close by. Random, right? So... I just want to kind of position who you are and I was stalking your LinkedIn just before you arrived so, you'll probably get a notification but I just like you've been with Sunsuper for like 10 years so, for me that just speaks to good quality company, good quality culture, uh, good people because you've been around long enough because if a place sucks, you're not going to work there for more than 10 minutes, right?
2: Yeah, that's right. And you don't have
0: to comment on that. <laughs> no, no,
2: you're absolutely right. The, uh, the tenure of the investment team is a, is a classic indicator of how good the firm is. Uh, you get a lot of people who can come and go. So, being able to find and keep the right people is a massively important part of the investment industry.
0: And absolutely. So, just as a side takeaway tip, if you are watching on YouTube, hello, g'day, what up? When you're researching your investments look at the key personnel and look how long they've been there. Absolutely. Because, you know, research houses, they will change ratings of investment funds if a key person leaves the team. Yes, indeed. So, it's not your first rodeo in the world of shares, investing and all that. You used to be the CEO of the Australian Shareholders Association. So, you know a thing or three about shares.
2: Yeah, I do. Uh, That was my bread and butter. Uh, It was a small sort of non-government agency, a small sort of uh, rat bag group of of retirees and other shareholders. And the main aim of the organisation was to try and lift the rights of uh, retail shareholders uh, compared to big
0: institutions. Yeah. So there we have it. We've got a heap of questions from the M3 community. And then I'll ask you some questions about the Sun Super socially conscious investment option as well, if you don't mind. Now, Diane asks What is the definition of ethical investing? For example, what is in and what is out? does it take into consideration human rights issues as well?
2: Yeah, uh, it's a good first question. Probably the toughest one you'll get as well because to anyone, uh, what is ethical is very, very subjective. Uh, What can be ethical to you can be completely unethical to me uh, and vice versa. So it is really a set of principles that you live by. And for investors we have to really take the pulse of the community uh, to find out what they think it should be in and should be out and build a, a, a set of investments around that. So the typical things that are usually out uh, relate to tobacco, armaments, fossil fuels, even things like alcohol and live export companies, um, there's you know the list goes on, gambling, all the fun stuff, gambling yeah. and casinos is porn. usually out.
0: Yeah, typically adult entertainment is out as well. yeah that's such a diplomatic way to say porn, isn't it? It is <laughs> It is. You can tell I don't work for a corporate. <laughs> what up, son super? Uh, and, and so all the stuff that you're talking about there, and it's a, actually a genuine question for me it's it's the words kind of screening. Is screening used, that word screening used just in ethical stuff or in the broader share world? Yeah, you can,
2: you can screen for all sorts of things. Um, you know, once you get into the investment world, there are things like factors, value, and growth, and you can screen for those sorts of things. Usually, the divestment movement is something that is kind of unique to responsible investing, but they basically mean the same thing staying out of these sorts of companies. I think your second part of the question was around – human rights and is that included? Uh, And yes, that is, uh, you know, that's uh, an important part. It's not just what's not included, but also what you go for. Um, So we need to take into account by law things like modern slavery, but we also choose to take into account things like safety and and other aspects which are fundamental human rights.
0: Yeah, and I will pause there and say that this podcast does highlight and profile uh, a charity called A21, which is actually out there uh, trying to abolish human slavery and sex trafficking. So I think it's a very important concern. And, you know, if you look at the data, in terms of world history, it is the peak time for human slavery and people trafficking. It's just wild. Yeah, it's, it's a massive problem. It's endemic
2: globally. Um, it's impossible to put your hand on your heart and say, we don't have any within the supply chains of the companies we invest in. Uh, and you know, quite frankly, even even sort of human trafficking is a massively difficult issue. We own a whole bunch of airports everywhere, uh, and so we have to be very vigilant that the operators of those airports train their staff to see what the signposts are and to be able to identify and pass on the details of people they suspect of human trafficking.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough as well, isn't it? Because. The whole airport scenario, it comes to mind, I forget the exact bank it was, I think last year they had a lot of money laundering through their ATMs and they were complicit because they kind of knew it was happening and turned a blind eye. So, I guess if you're investing in an airport, sure, you don't know everything that's going on but if there's rumors that there's trafficking happening through that airport, you're obviously complicit if you allow money to still be invested there.
2: Yeah. So we start with, you know, should you have known about this occurring? And if you haven't, then it's simply not good enough. And we start to take action. We take more of an interest and being an owner of a company, you do have some responsibilities to give feedback to the boards of these companies that they need
0: to lift their game. Yeah. And following on from that, there's a question here from Jack. Why do they set the exclusion criteria for investing in a company at 5% instead of zero regarding its exposure to the definition of unethical activity? So, just while you're thinking about that question, it could be an example. Well, we know that airport uh, hires a baggage handling company that's a third party. By the way, they had some dodgy staff. You know, the further you go the less that you can invest in because you can't control the world?
2: Yeah. So, a, you know, a 5% revenue threshold or, you know, if a small part of a business is involved in something um, that is excluded, we need to be pragmatic about the size of the investable universe that we get to choose from. Uh, ruling out everything affects returns. Mm. So, um, so being pragmatic, we've set a very low threshold Uh, of 5%. Let me give you an example. Uh, Woolworths, they sell butane little tanks for camping stoves. Uh, Butane is a fossil fuel. Uh, It's well below uh, 5% of their revenue, but if it was a 0% revenue, then supermarkets would be excluded from the portfolio because of that. So it's, it's really to get around any unintended consequences Mm. of having to exclude something that really it's
0: not their core business. Do you know off the top of your head, and you probably, well, I won't put words in your mouth, but Woolworths were unwinding their poker machine um, ownership, weren't they?
2: They were. Uh, It's on hold at the moment, but it's something that, yeah, we, uh, we... are fortunate enough to be a large enough investor in the likes of Woolworths and others. Uh, we own 1% of Woolworths shares. And uh, so, we get a seat at the table. We talk to the chairman regularly. Great. And uh, we were pressing them to separate their pokey business uh, from their, their alcohol sales, which is where, where the link was. Oh, is it really? Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, they did come around to find a way to be able to do it. Uh, that's been put on hold because of COVID, but uh, we expect them to divest and we think it was a good decision.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was a question from the Sun Super Instagram page because we put up a post to say that you were coming on. And if I can just say, thank you for not wearing a suit and tie today. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, no oh, when he comes, <laughs> if he's got a suit and tie, oh, how do I say ditch the tie? <laughs> but... Um... <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, so, on the investing, uh, someone said, how can you tell if an ETF invests sustainably? And if I get you to start by just explaining what an ETF is... For those who might not know,
2: sure. So an ETF, uh, you know, it's one of those things. Investment people always love jargon because it, you know, makes it sound like it's uh, more complex than it ought to be. An ETF is an exchange-traded fund. It's a group of shares that is um, pulled together, and then you can buy and sell it on on the stock exchange. Usually, an ETF that is sustainable has some sort of labelling on it. And I'm as much of a cynic as anyone else, but usually if they've got that symbol on there, there is something about it being sustainable. Now, it could be socially conscious. It could be sustainable. It could be around values. It could be called something around impact. Uh, They seem to be the buzzwords at the moment but almost invariably in the ETFs that I've seen by the major
0: providers seem to have their hand on their heart and are fairly true to label. Mm. This little episode that we're doing now couldn't run more smoothly because that just leads into Ruby's question. How stringent are the guidelines for investing companies or is ethical investing just a buzzword to draw people's attention? Like, Remember like 10 years ago, they could put um, uh, Australian... Owned or something like that. And well, yeah, that doesn't mean it's Australian made on the cereal. So where are we at with um, the terminology and the investing world with ethical?
2: Yeah, it's come a long way. It used to be a whole bunch of greenwashing uh, where you would really see a very small part of the portfolio being invested responsibly. But with the advent of social media and the popularity of these types of, uh, of investment products, it's brought a lot of focus and spotlight and really no one in the investment community can, uh, can hold up something as being sustainable when it's not. At the same time, though, there are definitional problems. Uh, You could take any company listed on the Australian Stock Exchange and point to an aspect that is a little bit questionable. Mm. Something like, you know, you don't invest in fossil fuel companies but you're happy to invest in a bank that might lend to it or an insurer that might insure it, so it all comes down to where you draw that line. So when people do ask that question, is it really, you know, responsible uh, or does it really meet those criteria? It depends on your criteria.
0: Yeah, and it's it's funny again, could not be more perfect because the next question from Neve says, do ethical investments compromise on returns? I feel conflicted. I want to do the right thing with my money, but I also want to make sure I'm getting the best return possible on my investments for the long term. Yeah. And I don't know if it's more of a statement and we will talk about the returns for a second, but it might be for for Neve, for example, if there was a spectrum of um, I'm very, very one side of the spectrum, I don't want one cent being involved in the investment supply chain of anything that I deem to be unethical versus at the other end, I own a coal mine, I drink uh, oil for breakfast and, you know, I don't care. Wherever you are, I like to think I kind of sit in the middle because it's just what do you do? But for someone who is very, very wants the absolute control, I think it comes down to you're actually going to just have to do more research yourself and not buy ETFs, not invest in one fund that has different funds. It might be your investments are, I'm sticking to residential property because I can buy a property, keep my investing as ethical as I can control. Um, I don't know if there's any comments on that, Stuart. Uh, listen. If you want to be extremely purist,
2: you stick to cash, yeah. uh, and you're not going to get a fantastic return, especially these days. Um, if you are, uh, if you are more comfortable uh, in doing the right thing, but not being a, uh, you, know, a you know super pedantic about it, uh, then you can build a portfolio that is going to be reasonably good, uh, and that's what we strive to do at Sunsuper.
0: Yeah, and on that. I want to talk about the Sun Super socially conscious investment option. Uh, full disclosure, I've got 70% of my super balance in that option uh, because I took the view that, again, as my spectrum before, I kind of probably try and balance that. I know that it's not in um, porn, slavery, where, where possible, obviously, um, armaments, fossil fuels, yep. et cetera. So I've just gone, well, you know, it's at least some. I've had some choice, and I've chosen not to invest in that coal mine over there to the left. What you know? How do how do you actually invest the money within the option?
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, let's I, open the hood. I am the portfolio manager for that uh, that option. Right. Uh, that's part of my responsibilities, and uh, safe to say, I have one hundred percent of my superannuation sitting in that option as well. Great. Uh, so. Um, So the idea is that we use the uh, power of Sun Super's investment team. They are quite literally the smartest people I've ever worked with um, to put the portfolio together uh, and to work out which assets we should be putting in there. Uh, It's my role to make sure that they are suitable for the option and, you know, it's highly diversified, well put together option. It's got local shares, it's got global shares, uh, it's got growth assets, defensive assets. What uh, is the asset allocation between growth and defensive? It's it's a what we call a seventy thirty option. Yeah. So um, our general fund is the balanced option. Uh, it's got the same um, asset allocation split as uh, as the socially conscious balanced option. It's meant to be comparable. Great, um, and uh, and so we have um, internalised that that asset allocation. We have some unlisted assets as well as listed assets. So we have some long term thinking there. Um, we've got green property. We've got green bonds. Uh, we've got responsible equities.
0: So, so what does green property mean?
2: So, let me give you an example of green property. We own an eco-tourist site on Rottnest Island in WA. It's a fantastic uh, little business. It has had to uh, meet very, very stringent uh, environmental guidelines. It had to fix up the um, the sand dunes, all of the tents that it has there. Uh, you know, there's kind of a glamping kind of scene. Yeah. They're all uh, natural and recycled, woods and canvas. There's water treatment plants there. Everything that goes onto the island has to be taken off the island. You know, it's it's very environmentally friendly uh, with a very small footprint. Mm. That's the sort of thing that we invest in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This whole issue on liquidity in super, have you had much impact on your portfolio that you manage?
2: You know, it's really interesting with socially conscious and and ethical investments. Once you have members who uh, know what they've got and are comfortable in those options, they don't tend to move away from them. So there hasn't been any kind of switching to cash Mm. or
0: early release requests uh, coming through on this particular option. Yeah, wow. So, and and that like this whole podcast like with the COVID stuff happening. We just want to educate people. So, if the share market has a tank one week, yep, that's cool. We, we're educated in what's invested in our super. So, we know that we don't need the money for 30 years. So, we just keep our mitts off it. My whole saying was um, keep your mitts off your super. <laughs> like, it was just, it's just been a really good time to educate people.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's it, you know, it has been a little bit sad when you hear stories of uh, what people have done with their super once they've uh, they've pulled it out. You know, so I understand that if it's a last resort, that's a perfectly viable option. Yeah, if absolutely. There's, if they've got no yeah. no other choice, that's perfectly fine. I, I I totally agree. But also, you also have to think about when you get it out and if you're getting it out at the bottom of a crisis period uh unfortunately
0: you're getting a terrible terrible value Mm, mm. so with the socially conscious balanced option at sun super do you handpick individual shares in each asset class so for example everyone at home um, we pick individual companies on the ASX. We might pick individual international companies and we might pick some fixed income stuff or uh, any green properties. Do you go direct or do you invest in other funds within the option?
2: okay uh, it's, it's slightly different to both of those, so we find we go around the world where well, we used to uh, and try and find the smartest individual investors or teams of investors uh, and give them some money to invest. We don't use a fund structure because it's simply too expensive we yep. can we can do it cheaper, uh, but we do find the best investors and then Take our mitts off and yep. let them let them do it. Yep. but we
0: do give them constraints around what they can't invest in and some other things. Great, great. Now, if anyone's interested, I'm just I've got my laptop up in front of me, and I'll put the link in the show note because it's very interesting. And again, if you're not with Sun Super Cool, you can still learn stuff from this conversation. And again, I would never tell someone to blind, blindly do anything, but. Uh, on the Sunsuper website, you can go to sunsuper.com.au forward slash members forward slash investments forward slash responsible investing. There's some cool documents there and this is a really good page just to educate yourself on what responsible investing is. Like if you've got a self-managed super fund that just buys commercial property, sweet, you can still go to this website and learn about what it is. Yeah. Uh, and there's also another cool slide that I've got that you can download you can actually download the exact shares that Stuart and his team invest in. Yeah, we have full transparency. So, okay, this is weird. So, if I like what Sunsuper is doing with their fund, I could literally build my own ethical investment portfolio just by copying the Australian shares that you're invested in here. Almost. Almost. <laughs> because the one thing you don't say is the waiting. We
2: don't say the waiting. It's a little bit time lagged. Yes. Uh, and we also have a lot of unlisted um, securities in there where, you know, your your average punter simply can't get access to Would that to be, it. Under be under private equity? It would be under private
0: equity. It's also some of our property assets. Interesting. And I, I do have a question here and I'll get to it because there are some Australian shares on this list, Stuart that I've got some questions about. <laughs> so, sure. But before we get on to that, the investment option that Sunsuper has, it's certified by the Responsible Investments Association Australia. Now, is that a cute badge that you pay for? Or like, can I walk up and give them a grand and get the badge? Or is it actually, we will look at this? And and sorry if this is a, a grilling <laughs> That's okay. They let you on here. They knew That's me. That's okay. So, uh, and sorry, Alice. Alice is also watching from Melbourne um, via Zoom in the studio. So, yeah, talk to us about that certification. So, RIA is a, is a small
2: responsible investment association. Uh, it is uh, totally above board. We do contribute some membership. It's a small amount of money. But they've got a verification system that they use. They go through the portfolio. They check that it's true to label. They make sure that we're doing the right thing. Uh, They also have some rules around transparency. They make sure that every every investment is disclosed on on a public website great so they do a c- good combination of what's not invested in mm. and what is invested in and they give that information to to people
0: yeah and it's interesting because you know i was being dramatic that it was you know a two horse town type set up organization and hello to the good people in the association there but All that to say is whatever that association is, you've got a third party outside of the walls of some super to actually look at this and go, yeah, we'll put our name on it. Yes, indeed. That's 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 what it's for. That's what I was getting at there. Now, do you want to turn it up a notch? Go for it. Hit me. (laughs) You're like James Bond, right? You've got a social license to invest, SLI. Is this some cute internal term that you've used and made up or is it an industry term like explain yourself <laughs> can i get a uh, license a social license uh, to invest
2: you know this this is a term that i actually coined myself so there right. you go it's, okay. it's it's not something that is an industry term but it is Really a reflection of what companies have, which is a social license to operate, sure. um, whereby if they're doing the wrong thing, consumers will move away and they won't have a business anymore. So it's kind of like a contract with the investors that we, we service, which means that there are you know, hundreds of social issues that are out there. We need to have a look at them, see whether they're material either to the portfolio or to the people affected and take that into account within our investment decision-making. That's all it is. We we just want to make sure that if there's a social or environmental
0: issue, we're thinking about it. So I guess you're saying like there's a 1.4 million-ish Sunsuper members. We know that there would be a crap load of people in this investment option. Yep. I mean, if it was rubbish, I would assume people would be waking up to this and taking their money out. And then you wouldn't have your little social license to invest because the members have said, "No, we don't trust you to invest our money ethically."
2: Yeah, spot on. But okay. not just this this option itself. I mean, the whole Sun Super business more broadly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, the social uh, license to invest and your view on the socially conscious investment option with Sun Super. Why wouldn't every investment option move to be ethical at some point? Or will it happen organically? Yeah,
2: no, you know, it's an interesting thing where you, if you call something socially conscious, uh, the first question is does that mean that everything else that you do is not socially conscious? Mm. It's not the case. No, you know, the main part of my role is to make sure that we are as socially conscious as possible across the spectrum of our investments. Mm. Uh, And we spend a lot of time on uh, all of the
0: other investment options that that we do offer. And those are probably still wondering. There's 30% of Glenn's money that isn't in this option. People are like, well, what's he got it in? I've actually personally got it in the unhedged international index fund, okay, because uh, I wanted more international exposure. So that's the only reason. You strike me as a young man, so <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Stuart, uh, that, that, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> a little bit more giddy up on that growth, eh? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, What's going on? Anyway, this is supposed to be a, a serious conversation, but I want to talk to you now. Uh, what is Sunsuper's view on climate change and how are you looking at climate change? You can talk to the company and all that, but specifically through the socially conscious investment option. Yeah, sure. Okay, so... And call me Lee Sales. Lee Sales, okay. Well, the... <laughs> the st-
2: yeah, you know, climate change is a massive issue. It's a material issue uh, and it's an investment issue. It's not just an environmental issue. It's something that uh, strikes into so many of our investments. So we probably start off by saying, you know, we're not climate denialists. We understand the science. We accept the science, and we need to make sure that we're managing a portfolio that minimises the risk of the impacts of climate change. Now, they can be all sorts of things. Physical risks around not just sea level rise, but the incidence and severity of storms and, and damage, and also transition risks. Uh, things like ligscam, uh, which I'm sure I have pronounced wrongly. No, it's a Scandinavian word um, right, that uh, means flight shame. Right. Uh, and throughout Scandinavia... Uh, Pre-COVID, at least, there was an increasing number of people who were avoiding flying because of the carbon footprint. Mm. Um, So changing consumer behaviour is part of what we take into account. And then there is this question, which is probably not so much an Australian question, but more of a global question around putting a price on carbon and taxing pollution, And we think that that is an inevitable part of dealing with climate change as we move to a lower carbon economy. Um, And we have to sort of take that into account and put it into our models and work out
0: what is worth investing in and what's not. Mm, Yeah. Okay, so it's good to know that, yes, Sun Super are not climate change sceptics as an organisation and you're very much aware of um, the issue as it's Organization, but particularly uh, you are having that lens over what you do with the portfolio. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we know
2: that, you know, if you want a normal functioning market and stock market and that sort of thing, you need to keep warming to a level that doesn't involve catastrophic damage around the world. So I think it is perfectly aligned with our own investment principles.
0: Yeah. So moving on from super. Huh? And what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask this question that kind of came up in the Facebook group and then I'm going to go back because I've got this screen open and I'm going to grill you on some of the companies that you've invested in in the portfolio. If people want to invest ethically themselves outside of super, what are the key things they can look for when at least screening themselves? Mm-hmm.
2: If someone is wants to invest ethically um, and outside of superannuation, I would say that the responsible investment association, is a good place to start. They don't just do certifications of our products. They also have a lot of education sitting on that
0: site. Can the average punter out there join as a member, an individual member? Do we know? Yeah, you can. Um, There's no real need. A lot of what they do in in the education
2: space is completely free. Great. Uh, And there's a section, I think, in their
0: website called Responsible Returns, It's a great place to start. And maybe I should get someone from the association on and just have a chat as well. Yeah, they're great people. You really should. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think I would probably say if you are interested in investing ethically, I think before you even look at any shares or any products, I think you need to actually write down your own screening strategy. Like what do you stand for and what are you okay with? Because... If you're clear on yourself, you could actually do your own matrix. You could list all the key things and then you could look at different companies or different options and use your own matrix. It's like, well, I actually, I'm a vegan and I really value this, okay? So, one of the things for me is what the treatment of animals is like where for somebody else, it might not be a bigger concern. They might believe that we need to be reducing our carbon footprint or something like that. And you can tell I'm venturing in way beyond the scope of what I'm qualified for. But I think just getting that knowledge of what you stand for.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I would I would definitely say that. You need to understand what you stand for. Uh, and quite often, having your own set of beliefs and ethical statements is really useful because, you know, some of the products that you will see out there in responsible investment land – uh, tend to take almost a religious approach because that was the first um, first ethical investments was, uh, you know, some of the religions are putting together portfolios that meet their own, you know, religious beliefs. So having your own beliefs together is yeah. a useful thing to do. So
0: I guess when you're out there as well, you're making sure ignoring the dogma that's coming from other companies, just worry about what you believe in and what they invest in and forget the stuff.
2: Yeah, I can think. The other thing you need to be aware of is mm. that if you are investing for returns, you do need to have a broad investable universe. If you limit your investments to two or three undiversified stocks in the same industry, um, you are going to get much different return experience to that of you know the broader index.
0: Yeah, totally. Now on returns, I am just having a look on the Sunsuper website and the returns and this is great like kudos to Sun Super right just on this you know at the time of recording this right now it is the 3rd of June 2020 i'm like all right i'll jump on the website I've got it in front of me they've got returns as at the 31st of May so pretty current yeah people are interested in returns these days yes yeah. yes now my pet hate is when you see Articles on the news, and they're like, Oh, this is the best super fund, or this is the best investment. It did 19% in the last 12 months. That's cute, but we're not investing for 12 months. So I think we need to look back and go, Okay, what did the bastard do over seven years? What did it do over 10 years? Because that's when it actually matters. Yep. Um, so if I'm having a look here, over the last 10 years to the 31st of May, the socially conscious balance fund, and again, everybody listening and watching, returns aren't everything, they're just part of it, 6.94%. Pretty good when it factors in the COVID crap that the markets have been through.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, I think it's a good return. Um, I, Seven uh, years is
0: 647 Yes, I
2: mean all of these returns. You can you can pick a pick a period. Um, you can go back further and make sure it, it takes into account the global financial crisis, mm. or you could sort of look more recently just to see how the uh, the options performed through the COVID price the process. So, mm. Mm. Um, you know, there's always that carve out, right? Uh, previous returns are not not indicative of future returns. Absolutely, um, but. You know, I, as a portfolio
0: manager, I'm very comfortable with the way the Socially Conscious Balance Fund is set up. And everybody, how's this? Is the balanced option at Sun Super? that's the 70, th- yeah, seventy yeah. thirty. I mean, over the last year, it basically did 0.02%. So, that's obviously counting for COVID. And that speaks to, you know, six, seven, eight weeks ago when the chat hit the fan with COVID, Everyone was like, oh, I've lost money. Well, if you open this now and you didn't do anything, you didn't lose a cent, basically.
2: Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? Something where markets are down 30% in the month of March or whatever Mm -hmm. it was, uh, to have a financial year-to-date return or a one-year return that is basically even Mm -hmm. um, at this point in
0: time. It's an interesting conundrum, right? Totally. And I will say, like, there is some talk, and I probably started to hear it maybe five, six years ago, that the returns aren't there with ethical or green or whatever investments. It's just not true. Like, comparing the sun super balanced option at 0.02% over one year to the socially conscious balanced option of 2.3% over one year. It is different. And again, I don't really care on the 12 months, but even looking over the balanced option of 10 years, 7.66 versus 6.94. So again, there might be a small return cost. However... Return isn't everything because you're standing for something and it means you're standing for I'm putting my money here because I know they're not investing in that. Okay. So I think that there is no give up in return. I
2: think that historically there has been and I think that it's not been because of ethical investments performing worse. I think it's been because they cost more. Right. And if we are able to reduce the cost of these investments that take out that, that return aspect, uh, if we can reduce that cost, we're going to be able to at least be on par with the, uh, the, the broader funds that you'll see out there. I'm very confident that the things that we are investing in are future-driven, you know, things around renewable energy and green buildings and those sorts of things. They're the things that are going to be very popular in the next few years. Mm. So I'm very comfortable with the return experience we're going to expect.
0: Yeah, and I guess it speaks to your comment about we're not going through a manager. We'll go direct where we can to cut down costs.
2: Yes, that's right. And we had an extra layer of manager fees up until a year ago. I did notice that. That that really did put some pain into the the
0: performance. What's the current, I guess, ICR slash MER of the Socially Conscious Balanced Fund? It's in the 80 basis point range uh, and
2: it's been coming down. Yeah, because I think before that change,
0: I think it was over 90.
2: Yeah, it was over 100. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, as we grow and as the the option becomes more popular, uh, like anything buying in scale, you
0: get discounts Mm.
2: and we're passing
0: all of those on to members. Yeah. And I guess it does speak to like so many times when we talk on the podcast, fees, returns, you can't be doing your investing with those things as the driver. It goes back to strategy. What asset class do I want to invest in? When do I want to invest? How long do I want to invest? We find the asset class. Then we go, okay, now there's the fees or there's the return. And we've had to give up some return for risk or vice versa, whatever I'm trying to say here. But I guess we're never driving, particularly the My Millennial Money community and the podcast and me personally, I don't think we're ever using returns or fees as the key driver. Absolutely, they're coming to account. I'm not going to pay 5% for an investment option. That'd be dumb, I think. Well, it depends if it's a really risky hedge fund and you're going to make 300%, whatever. But <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just... I've said my piece. I'll move on.
2: <laughs> I, I guess the way I look at it is, you know, we are, what, a $60, $70 billion fund. Mm. We know that we can negotiate very hard on fees. Yeah. And we take that for everything. And so, if we don't have to pay a massive price uh, for something, we we will take it at a cheaper price. So, yeah. it's, it's definitely part of what we do, but it's not the be all and end all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And... It was funny. I, uh, I had to send some questions into the team before this just to give you guys a heads up and these things about fees and returns. what it, I hadn't I even planned to go there. It's just come up as the natural part of the conversation uh, and I hope it can stay in there. Now, let me talk about some of the shares in the socially conscious balanced option because I'm reading this and I'll be honest, my first view was, what? I'm invested in that? So – and for me, it was more of a – maybe a lack of education, and I hope you can explain it. Now, does socially conscious automatically equal only green?
2: No, it doesn't. Right. So, there are some uh, exclusions in there, and, you know, know, a coal mine and and a coal-fired power station is never going to make it into the portfolio – But within the listed shares portfolio, there's going to be all sorts of things sitting in there. So, hit me with a name. Okay.
0: Fortescue Metals. They're a freaking mining company.
2: They are a mining company.
0: Why is it in my socially conscious balanced option? So, they're an iron ore
2: miner. Right. Um, They produce the thing that makes steel and you only build bridges out of steel and large buildings out of steel. So it's a necessary part of driving an economy uh, and driving progress and developing countries use it um, massively. It does use uh, metallurgical coal in order to make this steel and that is a problem, but there are no alternatives that are out there. Uh, we know that there is an organization called Responsible Steel that is trying to find a solution to blast furnaces. Mm. So there's something different. It's a very difficult thing to uh, to do at scale. So it's one of those things. Yes, it's an extractive industry. We know that they uh, dig things out of the ground. Uh, we know that they have reclamation processes to restore the land afterwards. And it's perhaps a, a neutral company perhaps
0: uh it's definitely not the worst out there yeah uh, which is what we exclude so would you say back to my point with whatever the spectrum you are it is quite possible if you're all on the hardcore i only want green i only if you go near a shovel i'm not putting my money near you this portfolio might not be for you and that's okay yeah because we always can't be all things to all people but what we know is this portfolio, we're very clear on what we won't invest in.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can, uh, y- you know, if, if someone is, uh, is partic- has particular needs, this may not be for them. I dare say there are not many companies on the Australian Stock Exchange that may be investable for some people.
0: Right, right. I want to now just pick a random company. And I'll pick Seven West Media. Okay. So, if in the back of mind you can have a bit of a think about why you've chosen that company. And also, we didn't talk about earlier, but part of the screening process of your portfolio and ESG in general, uh, ethical, social, and governance, can be board composition. So, if you can talk to Seven West Media, why they're in there, and also, as some examples of diversity at board level in some of the companies that you're invested in.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. Within our list of exclusions, there are some very hard lines. Media companies are not excluded from from the um, from the portfolio, but invariably you look at any of these companies, and some are going to have some warts on there. Right. The good news is that. You can remove warts and we have an extensive engagement process uh, whereby we can head into the company, talk to the chairman, effect change. Some are more difficult than others, particularly if you've got a big shareholder uh, who's also the chairman and the CEO. You know, those sorts of companies are are more difficult. But again, we're trying not to let the perfect be the enemy
0: of the good here. Mm, Mm-hmm. Definitely, the big four in there. Yes, in terms of El Banco.
2: Yep, the banks. The banks are, mm. um, you know, huge question marks around their performance in a lot of areas. Mm. Uh, like it or not, they're a symptom of the economy. And if we want to invest in a uh, an economy that's growing, there are going to be banks in there. Yeah. Again, we spend a lot of time engaging uh, with the banks there are some things that they do quite well and some things that they uh, need to
0: improve. Yeah. With, um, I'm just looking at international equities, Ralph Lauren Corp, okay, you obviously go, well, you're not manufacturing clothes in sweatshops in Bangladesh. Like they've got a good rating. Like how deep are you going with clothing?
2: So fashion's, uh, you know, fashion comes down to, and particularly fast fashion, comes down to the modern slavery question. Great. Uh, the good news is that many of these companies, including Ralph Lauren, do a modern slavery statement. It um, it talks about, you know, how they respect, protect, and remedy. Most importantly, anything that they they see that comes through, they're auditing their supply chain all the time. And, um, you know, I don't want to be an apologist for for companies because invariably they're going to do something wrong at some point. Uh, But overall, uh, we're reasonably comfortable with having that in the portfolio.
0: Great, great. And just, I guess, a final question. And all this stuff is publicly available. So, if you are considering um, your options, I would say open the hood of this portfolio. If you are looking at another super fund or another investment, open the hood, like, I think transparency now is hygiene and it's uh, it's to be applauded particularly. But for the international shares, like, how does it actually work? And this is just Glenn James, you know, guy from the coast wondering. So, if you rock up and say, we want to put, uh, I'm just looking at an international company here, Apple. So, your portfolio has Apple shares in America. You go, oh, we want to put, I don't know, $500 million in Apple, whatever the amount is. How do you do that? Do you, does Sunsuper have a trading account with an online stock broker? <laughs> like how does it work? We, we do it differently. Um, so, like I said, we, we find
2: uh, the best investors out there. Um, for all of our uh, socially conscious balanced shares, whether they're here in Australia or globally, we use Hermes. Right. Uh, A very highly regarded um, responsible investment house out of London, uh, and they do all of that. So, we give them- So, they're your
0: clearing house. We give them
2: the money. Yep. Uh, we say you choose the companies and how much of each company you want to uh, to invest in there. Yeah. Uh, we give them cons- some constraints around risk and other things and liquidity. Um, Do you say we don't want money in this sector? We give them a, basically yeah. a list of stocks and say you cannot invest in these things. Great. Outside of that, uh, go for your life. Yeah. And if we find any, any of those companies with some warts on there, we will engage. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I guess that speaks to, the way that, you know, at the top of most episodes I'll do a Sun Super mm-hmm. shout out. Sometimes I say Sun Super use internal and external management just to get that mix right. So yeah, you've got an internal team that might be the gatekeeper between the external fundies or companies. Yep. So yeah, I think I think that's just that's cool.
2: Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, it's a very male dominated industry. Mm everyone is overconfident. You talk to anyone, they're thinking, oh, I'm a wonderful investor, you know, that sort of thing. We don't necessarily buy that. And we certainly don't buy the fact that we think we can do it better than everyone else. Mm. Finding uh, professionals that are like-minded, have that responsible mindset, and are very, very good at what they do and have great track records. Um, we think that they, if they can explain their process really well and we understand it and we like it, mm. uh, why not use them? Yeah.
0: Some of your competitors in the super space, uh, and we don't need to name names because there's could be a million of them, do you have a differentiation factor in the portfolio that you manage?
2: Within our portfolio, our ability to manage unlisted assets, I think, is our real secret source. Um, so... You know, for the balanced or the socially conscious balance, that could be 20 or 30% of the portfolio. We know how to do that and do that well. And um, being able to put that together in a way that no one else can do is a real advantage for
0: us. How often, so for example, uh, I'm just looking at one of these things here. Oh, this is so funny, close to home. Market Town Newcastle Shopping Centre. Yeah, Nath shops there probably every other Thursday. So you would own a part of that shopping centre or all of it? Most of it. Most of it? Yep. Okay. How do you know what it's worth and when?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, and it's particularly important in these kind of shopping centre type things because you need to make sure that they are valued by a professional valuer, that that valuer is completely independent of us. Uh, and that it's done on a timely basis. So there are, there's a whole policy, a list of rules that we have to jump through to make sure that we're, you know, we, we don't have our admits on, on the valuation uh, and that it's done professionally and at arm's length.
0: Yeah, because I guess uh, last week I interviewed Senator Jane Hume and I asked about liquidity in funds and what the government is doing to make sure that everything is, is above board and just so we can compare different options yeah with the liquidity thing so look i and i just want to say like you know Stuart's sitting here if you're watching on youtube you can see that he's got no notes in front of him he's got a notepad i don't know why you brought no, it but no. whatever it's just been off the top of his head you've answered some hard questions that i felt awkward asking and you haven't shied away and i really think for me personally having a show partner like Sun Super it was someone who will join us on this financial education piece but also not be above the questions that people are asking because you know I we've got nothing to hide if you got something to hide we don't want to be in business you know what i mean like so it's i think it's just really it's a cool thing that you've been able to sit there and cop questions that i didn't even prep the team with
2: anytime, anytime. whether it gets i mean that's just, that's
0: what we're here for yeah. and, and whether i'm allowed to put it up or not oh. <laughs> i mean you
2: you may you know you may not like my answers yeah? Yeah. who knows but um it's the uh, the unvarnished truth and we're you know continually trying to improve
0: yeah no worries well we'll put some information in the show notes and Stuart, you are welcome back anytime and thank you to Sunsuper Super for being our show partner and allowing you to educate us more in the the investment universe. So thanks Stu. It's been good. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye. Cheers.
1: If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals.
2: This podcast supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out A21.org.au for more info. If you want some other giving options, or if you are unsure about which charity you can support, head to the life
1: you can if you're looking for a super fund that puts its members interests above all else choose a super performer sun super with low fees strong investment returns and great member services sun super is super ratings 2020 fund of the year and has also been awarded by money magazine canstar and finder find out more at sunsuper.com.au forward slash m3 you can join sunsuper online in under five minutes Thanks to Jess Knaus, producer, Nathan Robertson, editor, and me, Asha. Anyway, make sure you're connected via Instagram and our free Facebook group. We also film most of our content now, so check out My Millennial Money on YouTube. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,